OC Nation. Episode 129 is in the mother second. <laughs> the yeah. moving too fast episode. Hey, 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 <laughs> oh man, we're here in the studio. We're all black, and over here to my left, all the way from L. Jesus, he's the Pod Gotti number eighty-three in the place to be. Randy B, say show that. Hello to all my Razzleberries. Razzle dazzle. <laughs> and over here to my right, all the way from Bob Wood, I know, I know, I know. He's your favorite Indian, your hoe in one, your ace. JCB, say shoulder. Hello to all my Auntie Berries. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then Burback stretches. And across Ooh. the way from me tonight, special guests in the house, all the way from the OC Nation. Mr. Ron, Jeremy, Ron Falls Down Jr., say Shoda. Shoda. Hello <laughs> to my dear friends. Aho, aho. And you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs, all the way from Arrow Creek up the road in Arrow Creek, where that pave is not road. Down by Arrow Creek. Aho. He's down there walking on Arrow Creek. <laughs> With his Arrow Creek thoughts. <laughs> With his Arrow Creek moccasins. And his Arrow Creek stroll. And he took off his Arrow Creek moccasins. On a breezy Arrow Creek afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> With an Arrow Creek ante. With some Arrow Creek fresh by his side. And Arrow Creek berries. And Arrow Creek mackerel. And. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, I was yeah. kind of interested in waiting to see where that was going to go. But <laughs> I was waiting for you to jump in. Yeah, I know. Oh man, I was listening to you too, but that mackerel one that caught me off guard. <laughs> hey, we got Ron in the house, and he's joining us as a co-host. So it's good to have you back, sir. Oh, it's an honor. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're going to get into the main topic with Ron in a little bit, but right now. Uh, oh, before I was, I got a trivia game, but I want to ask you for because I know we're all basketball enthusiasts. 
Um, what you guys think of those playing games so far? Did you guys watch them? Yeah. Watch a couple Painful. Of yeah. I know. I think it was like me and JC were talking about before you guys got here. It was like they are both trying to lose, one up each other on trying to lose on that Lakers. Man, I know. Game. Stuck at 95 forever. Fire. Forever, man. Man, forever in a day. And the T-Wolves before that, man, couldn't miss. Yep. Man, they were draining everything, and then they got to 95, and then they couldn't nothing. We were up at like 15, weren't we? Yep. Yep. 15-point yep. lead, uh, freaking, and then we couldn't buy a bucket. Couldn't buy a bucket. Worst, uh, worst game to have a bad game for Ant. Yeah. Went like three for 17. Yep. Um, Cat didn't produce. At the end? Yeah, nobody produced in that last yeah. six, seven minutes. I was reading, uh, not reading, but I was watching some uh, ESPN stuff, and they were, nobody wanted the ball. Uh-uh. Like, they were all, like, nobody wanted the ball. They are playing hot potato, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, because, like, once uh, they hit that three and went up 98 to 95, I got up. I was like, ah, it's over, shit. Yeah. You know, and I went to the kitchen, and I was getting a drink or something. And I heard, you know, that he got fouled on the three, and I heard him, like, they are talking about him shooting free throws. And I came back, and the buzzer rang, and they're going to overtime. I didn't even, I missed that whole thing, that sequence. Yeah. I was like, oh, damn, overtime, let's go. Did you hear those, uh, I think it was Reggie Miller that was announcing that game? Yeah. Reggie Miller was full of shit. And they, they're uh, yeah, this is what it's all about, playing game. This is so exciting. And I'm sitting there saying, man, this game sucks. I know. It's like neither side wanted to win. Yeah. Like, okay, here's what we're going to do to lose. And then the other team would say, no, 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 this is what we're going to do to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, man, it was hard to watch, dude. It's like. Yeah. I think that's been our problem, though, man, when I think about, like, the Minnesota t was we need, like, a solid. And I think Adam Edwards will get there. I just don't think he's there yet. That yeah. guy that's going to say, like, this. We're going to rock. Yeah, we're going to win or lose with me, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody take advantage, uh, like Kobe, like, you know, things of that. Yeah. And I think. uh Rudy Gobert not playing hurt you guys, too. That was dumb. Yeah, that is. I'm kind of not liking that whole Gobert, like, trade, man. Like, I think in the the beginning, I was kind of excited to see what happened. But now that we went along, I'm like, okay, like, Gobert was the problem in Utah, too. Yeah. Yeah, his his dumb ass, remember when COVID hit, he was... Yeah. He tested positive, and he went in the locker room and started coughing on people and licking people's arms and shit. Yeah. And then he ended up getting COVID, remember? <laughs> yeah, he was, man. Idiot. That, that's, why the whole, that's why the whole Utah locker room <laughs> fell apart was because of that. Yeah. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. You don't remember that? <laughs> he was touching microphones was, and all. Yeah. Was he, was he He's really acting fu- actually licking people's arms? Yeah. Yeah, bro. He was acting funny. <laughs> He's being stupid he about was it. He and the only oh, reason shit. I know that piece, like, he went that far because I was, like, watching it closely because we were supposed to go. We were going to drive down <laughs> to Salt Lake, and we were going to watch the Jazz play the Hawks. Yeah. That spring 2020, and then, like, everything shut down, like, what was it, like, a couple weeks before we were supposed to go. Yeah. And I was just like, uh oh. I never heard that part about it, so <laughs> go yeah. back to France. <laughs> <laughs> Go eat your croissants. <laughs> oh, shoot. That was, that's a new one on me, though, man. That's, yeah. yeah he's now, what idiot. about that other guy that punched the wall? Jaden McDaniels? Yeah. Oh, that's like every other res dude. That was dumb. <laughs> so he's like our, <laughs> That was dumb. Yeah. He's kind of like our premier defender. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, like your defensive, um, kind of like a utility man, you know? Mm. But him, like, so he guards, like, the best perimeter guy um, on all possessions and not having him hurt, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 But we, I, I don't know, like, I, I'm just starting to look at this trade and see how it's biting us in the booty because you look at, like, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, like, D'Lo, they're all on Lakers. Yep. And like I saw, like their whole intention was to destroy Minnesota, right? Like, yeah. And I remember like Malik Beasley hitting a three. Did you guys see him shimmy up at the top of the key when he did that in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter? Yeah. Like he yeah. started dancing. But their whole uh, him and um, Jared Vanderbilt were like, "Oh, we just want to get our revenge on them." Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. then think like a month ago, D'Lo was on the T Wolves until about a month and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. And plus, you know, T Wolves lost Pat Bev. Yep. That was a huge loss. <laughs> Our championship. Yeah. <laughs> but then he's not playing anymore either. Huh? The, uh, he's playing the for the Bulls. Well, they, they lost out. Yeah, the Bulls. Oh, they lost, lost out? out? Yeah, yeah, last night. Last night. Toronto <laughs> put him out. That was sad. Were you sad about that, Ron? Sad. Really yeah, I know. Sad. That's our team right there, the Bulls. Toronto? Chicago. Chi-Town. Chi-Town. Chi-Town, baby. The Windy City. Always down with doubles. Doubles. Double bears. I'm uh East Coast, I'm rooting for the Celtics. West Coast. Um I don't know who I'm rooting for. I think I'm just gonna go for the Celtics. What East Coast? I uh, like my dad, he's he likes Giannis. So oh, yeah. I kind of been kind of favoring Anti-two him. Anti two pokes. Anti two pokes. <laughs> and uh, out west, I want to see the Suns. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of partial to the Suns even before they got a uh, cupcake. Yeah, yeah. Before so they I, got the snake. I think they're the team to beat. And to be honest, yeah. Yeah, it'll probably come down to like the Warriors and Suns at some point. That'd be good. That's a, that'd be a good series. But I mean, we got to go through a couple weeks of. You know, weeding out the men from the boys, I guess you, you could say. I say Grizzlies in four. Yeah. Grizzlies. But I say that in four. spite. <laughs> oh, for Lakers? But at yeah. least he's yeah. honest. Yeah. I think uh, Grizzlies are going to make a run. I think Suns are the team to beat. Uh, they're also undefeated with KD in the lineup. True, true. I think um, kind of, I guess on the West Coast, I, I forgot, totally forgot. I kind of root for the Warriors because if Steph gets five, it's just gonna send all the the Queen fans into a frenzy. I like the words myself. Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, plenty of cool. game. Warriors. It was good. It was Oh really yeah, you good. went to a game recently, huh? Yeah. You watched about a week ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah, it was uh not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. Mm-hmm. Uh we went to the Nuggets and Warriors game. Nice. Was uh, Stefan them playing? Yeah. Nice. Everybody yeah. played. Uh Clay hit Clay missed that three at the end. Oh right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, how is uh, Jamal Murray like, looking? Oh, dude, he's a beast, I man. know, man. He's oh, wicked, huh? Fast, handles. Him and uh, MPG? Yeah. What's his name? Michael Porter, right? Yeah, Michael yeah. Porter Jr. or MPJ. There was this fan sitting behind me. He's like, MPJ, MPJ. The whole game. <laughs> I'm like, dude. Because <laughs> he probably juiced, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but us guys were all Warrior fans. Like, my mom and everybody went. Yeah. And my girls and every, Isaiah and everybody. So yeah. Like. Everybody was all Warriors fans. Those, uh, those girls like Jordan Poole and then Isaiah. Mm. Like Isaiah 
put in work since like January for us to all go. Oh, nice. And you know, so yeah. it, it was, it was, it, everything yeah. all worked out. It was nice, bro. Yeah. It was nice yeah. to get away. It's cool in there, huh? Yeah, yeah. It gets few, loud, huh? There was, yeah, there was real a few, loud. There was a few crows. Uh, Matt Flatlip. Oh yeah. Um, a couple boys from Wilder. Uh, Darian. Uh huh. Darian Backbone and um, Maverick. Mm. Maverick White Clay We're there And then Scott Breen Was in the house too Oh yeah I see Scott that. Breen yeah. yeah Scott Breen Matt Did you take a picture with him Matt Flatlip did Matt did I did yeah It's all over huh Wyola LG and Wapua uh, uh, All at the game Heck yeah OC Nation Vatos Locos forever OC Nation maybe OC Nation forever Added, um one thing that, like when you see those guards on TV, you know, you kind of think, I, I always think they probably looks like they're about six foot, you know, right around six foot. Wow, those guards are huge, huh? Six, yeah. four, six, five. Like Clay Thompson, what is he, like six, six? Yeah. Hitting threes on the perimeter, slasher. I was like, dang. Come to Montana and be a post player. I know. <laughs> Come to Montana and get put on the post. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Well, let's move along into some trivia here. Um, anybody answer? Um, free for all on uh, answering things. So get that teening and... All right. Hold that was kind of loud. It always breaks my eardrums every time. Okay. Which big cat is the largest? Which big cat is the largest? Carl Anthony Towns. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know. Kit Kat bar. That song kind of came in my head. Kit Kat bar. <laughs> <laughs> you can just see your mind going about ten different directions. <laughs> Squirrel. <Scattered. laughs> Which cat is the largest? His ADD kicked in. Hey. I would say a Siberian tiger. <laughs> Correct. Tiger. Not Siberian, but Tiger. Just tiger. says Tiger. Partial victory. Partial. Yeah. Okay, you guys are going to know this one for sure. Which is the largest planet in a solar system? Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> for once, I got to say it. Actually, that's wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's my. No, I'm just kidding. Not. No, I'm just Were you going to say my anus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> You know the answer? Uranus. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Saturn. Neptune. It's Jupiter. Yeah. (laughs) To get more stupider. Girls go to to Jupiter to get more stupider. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) In which city did the Olympic Games originate? Barcelona. Athens, Greece. Athens, Athens, Greece. How many Olympic rings are there? Four. No, I'm just kidding. Six. Nope. Five. 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 Yep. It's three on top <laughs> and two on bottom. <laughs> it's a free-for-all. <laughs> free-for-all. Uh, what is the fastest aquatic animal? Wow. Cheetah. Dolphin. Oh, aquatic. My bad. Sea turtle. 
Seahorse. Cheetah. <laughs> Mongoose. Water cheetah. Mongoose. The water cheetah. <laughs> the South African water cheetah. <laughs> I don't think you guys Aquatic what? Mongoose. Aquatic mongoose. <laughs> Aquatic animal. Really? It's not a dolphin? Sturgeon. Aquatic Seal. animal. Seal. No. What is it? You guys are all wrong. Shark. I don't think you guys Octopus. The sailfish. That was my next one. That was me on next one. Okay. <laughs> Are worker bees male or female? Me? Uh, they're male. Equality, they're male and female. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't, get paid, they don't get paid the same. Yeah, wages no. are different. <laughs> wages there is a disparity in the wages. <laughs> Leaning more in the favor of the female. <laughs> so, yeah, worker bees are female. Queen are bees, they? right? Yeah. The queen bees, right? The queens are the freaking like the head of the yeah, yeah they're matriarchal culture. Like, yeah. So what do the males do? I don't know. They're just, just make sex, babies. Sex slaves. They're just. They're just objects. <laughs> only good for one thing. They only provide the pollen. <laughs> <laughs> Which color is in emerald? Green. Red. Green. You got it right. <clears throat> Whose nose grew longer every time he lied? Pinocchio. Yeah. Randy. <laughs> Randy. Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. Which type of fish is Nemo? Clownfish. Tuna. Yeah. Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> For a clownfish, he's not that funny. Where's the Great Pyramid of Giza located? Egypt. Mm-hmm. What do bees consume to make honey? Pollen. Nope. <clears throat> Flowers. <laughs> what do they consume to make honey? Yep. Nectar. Oh, the sweet stuff. Huh? Nectar of the gods. An OE40 ounce. That's the sap, right? <laughs> yeah, like the flower sap. <laughs> <laughs> but remember those trees? Don't they go? Like, no, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's bees make maple syrup. <laughs> maple syrup flavored honey. How many legs does a lobster have? Eight. Six. Eight. Sixteen. Oh, no. Two. Four. Damn. None. No Googling. (laughs) Put your phone down. Ah. Twenty-four. Ten. Yeah. Oh, ten. What? Which is the world's largest ocean? Indian. Indian. (laughs) 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 What'd you say? Pacific. Yeah, specific. Specific ocean. The specific ocean? Full of sailfish and clownfish. Full of cheetahs. And water cheetahs. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the largest internal organ in the human body? Liver. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, nice. What is is the group of stars called that form an imaginary picture? 
Orion's Belt. Yeah, like those kind of things. What are they called? Big constellation? Dipper. Yeah, constellation. Constipation. <laughs> Constipary. Okay, here's a good one. Let's see if you guys know this one. How much is the diameter of a basketball hoop? 18 Ooh. inches. Oh, hey, 18 wheelers. Yeah. Did you know that or did you yeah, guess? I knew that. Oh, you knew that? I knew that. All right, this guy knows all kinds of silly facts. Useless. <laughs> Useless facts. <laughs> what serves as the base for guacamole? Avocado. Yeah. Yes, that is correct. Which company is the largest chocolate manufacturer in the Hershey's. United States? Yeah. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Give me something hard. (laughs) 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 That hard. This is a family show. (laughs) Hey, this is a family show. Gosh darn it. You get away here. Get get on from here with that smoochie. Break me off a piece of that kid. <laughs> you guys and you're smooching. Okay, we'll do a couple more. Little uh, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote Romeo and Juliet? Shakespeare. Yeah. What was his first name? William. Mm. What about his? I uh, called him Dajihage. Bill. I called him Bill. Called him Bill. Called him Rutherford. <laughs> called him Willie. Willie. Hug how many colors are there in a rainbow? Thirteen. Seven. Eight. Seven. Nine. Seven. Seven is the correct answer. <coughs> uh, ooh, uh. Okay, last one. Which was the first country to use paper money? China. What? America. How'd you know that? Because Chinese do everything first. Yuck. Yuck. I don't want to know that. (laughs) (laughs) They invented everything. (laughs) I know by experience. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it. All right, all right, all right. Ah, that was pretty um, good. Yeah, that was pretty good. You guys feeling warmed up, ready to go? Absolutely. All right, we're going to get into our main topic right now. So, DJ, if you're ready, hit me with that beat. Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We're here in Unspoken Words, episode 129, right? <laughs> the leadership skills episode. Oh, uh, leadership. One uh, something something. Yeah. Leadership begins with humility. Uh, if you guys need an example of humility, just look at us. Okay. Mm. You can find this online. Yeah. <laughs> 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 We're all over social media. Um, tonight we're going to talk about sober livings, the good, the bad, the ugly of it. Um, 
And just give it like an overview, and we'll just go around the horn. Um, I'll start, go to Randy, go over to Ron, then to JC, and then we'll open it up with a discussion. So <clears throat> I know to me, when I didn't even know about sober livings until like I got out of, I got out of treatment, and I was already walking the red road for you know six, seven months, maybe a year, and then like. Um, sober livings came onto my radar and I was just kind of like, Oh shoot. And I looked into them and you know, the overall concept of a sober living is, is it's a safe space for you to begin your journey, um, into recovery from addiction and you're surrounded by like-minded people and like some sort of guidance and a lot of accountability and transparency, community <clears throat> and service work, encompass you know sober livings um so once i found that out and kind of seen what they were about and um in a previous job i did a lot of visits to sober livings different sober livings within the community here and i was just kind of like i was amazed you know at like that these these were a thing uh and i wished that i knew about them you know before going into treatment or, you know, shortly after, uh, I wish I knew about him. I probably would have went. And because <clears throat> in that first year recovery, I made a lot of uh, ill-advised decisions, you know, new to recovery. And I, <clears throat> I could have alleviated a lot of pain and heartache that I put myself through. Um, just because of that, you know, being fresh to recovery and having to relearn how to deal and feel with uh, my emotions and people and circumstances and situations that I didn't, even though I had my sponsor and accountability people, I was kind of really no guidance. I mean, I think a sober living could have provided that environment for me to quickly turn to people and shoot my problems off of them and see, get a different perspective. Because eventually... As I moved along from year one to two, I started realizing, okay, I just need to shift my perspective on these situations by getting someone else's perspective, and then I can handle it in a better way. And once I realized that, I realized I made some huge mistakes in my first year recovery. And so I went back to and tried to remedy those and um, made amends for some things that I did and said in my first year recovery. Just because I didn't have that, <clears throat> I think I would have been better off if I went to a sober living is what I'm really trying to say, what I'm trying to get at. So I think they're vital. Uh, I think they're they're a good place for a lot of us addicts and alcoholics coming out of treatment or, you know, even fresh off the streets. Some, some, place, some places do take people right off the street. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. That's kind of my initial thoughts on sober living. And with that, I'll pass it over to the Mr. Gaudi. Oh, so we're just describing like what we know about sober living? Yeah, just kind of submission, your initial thoughts and stuff about sober livings right now. And then <coughs> after everybody said their piece, then we'll kind of get into more of a discussion on it. Okay, I think uh, along the same lines, because we uh, got sober roughly around the same time. And and I was kind of like to say, I didn't really know that we had those types of resources available and when I look back on it now, like, man, there's so much that I missed out on, you know, all the um, kind of like the structure, the the, the environment. Um, but now dealing with them almost on a daily basis, I see the benefit 
you know, the benefit of having someplace safe to go at night. But then when I think about it, the place that I went to for treatment was a sober living. I just didn't know it was a sober living yeah. because it's a discipleship home. And the idea there was to do 90 days of the program. And then after that, you would enter into like what was a sober living. A certain portion of your income would go for rent. And then the rest would be used for bills. You had to make a budget. Uh, you had to be on phase two, phase three. Um, a lot of things were similar, but it was in a place that was different than where I'm from. So when I went there, I always knew that it wouldn't be permanent, mm. but I didn't understand that I was in a sober living Yeah, um, until I got home. And I wasn't even aware of them until pro- I would say about 2018, yeah. 2019. And then I, I seen them and I'm like, man, like I wish I had that. Yeah. Um, but also even with that, I, I guess like from a single father perspective, I'm seeing all these sober living options uh, for women, stuff like that. But I also don't see anything for men. Yeah. Single parent. Uh, yeah. Single parent men. Um, but those are kind of like my initial thoughts. Oh, yeah. I I just got out of the sober living uh, in December. Mm-hmm. I, I, I accumulated, racked up 20 months. Wow. Without, nice. without even, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, first off, I I didn't even know about sober living until 2021. Well, you got there, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> and well, when I was in locked up in uh, YCDF, people were talking about it, and you know mm. they were saying, you know, the one the particular one I went to is Saint Ignatia. Yeah. Um, like Randy said, there was a lot of structure. I didn't want structure. I didn't mm. think I needed structure. I didn't, you know, I hated it. Yeah. Um. The only reason why I went was my Fed PO was like, I'm going to send you to sober living. And I was like, no, send me to prison because <laughs> I can do the time. You know, like I'm familiar with the time. Do yeah. time's easy. But I didn't want to do all this, you know, the AA thing, the all this. But yeah. uh, I just stayed consistent. And something just clicked, you know, three yeah. weeks in. I was going to say, he said, give me two weeks. My PO literally said, give me two weeks at the sober living. Yeah. And I got there. I was like, I'm leaving in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And two weeks lasted 20 months. Yeah. But the structure, the fellowship, the camaraderie, the, you know, the things they put you through. Uh, and I took advantage of a lot, a lot of things they offered, you know, like they have ready to rent class. They show you how mm. to budget. Mm. Um, and I just took advantage of a lot of things, you know, like uh, they asked me to be on their advisory council for their peer support GIA. Mm-hmm. Gratitude in action, their peer support did that for a while. Just took advantage of, of a lot of things. And um, I don't know, me and Randy were talking that one day, and he was like, I got a lot of clients that are, you know, cry around about Ignatia House. Yeah. I'm like, what is there to cry around about? You yeah. know, it's 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 easy, but as long as you keep it simple, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. if you overwhelm yourself, then you're done. Yeah. But so, like, the sober living I was at, the structure – um, people coming in and out, you know, you get close to people and then they, they fall off. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's like emotional. And like you said, you know what I mean? Like, emo- like emotions kind of play after a while. I just didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I, I knew, I mean, you can tell if someone's yeah. about for real, yeah, yeah, for real, for real, you know? And mm-hmm. so like, I really experienced the whole sober living thing for 20 months. Yep. And if it wasn't for sober living, I don't think I would be here today. You know what I mean? Um, Expanding on certain things like that. So 
I mean, sober living is our blessing, you know. My sister seen the change in me, so she felt like she needed to go. So she's in the sober living right now, you know. She's in treatment. She's working. Yeah. And we're pretty proud of her, you know. So just to, you know, I talked to this one girl, and I was kind of downplaying my little, you know, my sober life, whatever. And then she was like, man, bro, you're changing lives out here. Yeah. And that's when, you know. So, uh Sober living is great. I mean, if, you know, if there's no, if you feel like there's nobody, I mean, they will help you. Like, there's a lot of resources to take advantage of. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's it's a wonderful uh, program. I mean, it worked for me. So, yeah. I mean, that's all I got. Yeah, thank you. I hope. Every sober living I ever been to, they called it pre-release or halfway <laughs> house. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I don't know when I first heard of a sober living. To be honest, because I remember being like, like hit, uh, this guy. I was, I was in lockup, and I remember hearing people talking about it, and I was like, "What is that?" And they kind of explained it to me, and I was kind of, you know, by then I think I was already a few years in anyway. Yeah, but uh, we had like. Some dudes will say, oh, yeah, well, I got to get out. Then I go to the pre-release. Then after that, I think I have to go to uh, Sober Living. And I thought, what is that? And, you know, and then I asked them, and they they broke it down for me. And I was like, yeah, that's just, like, more pre-release. But, I mean, I like like you said, I wish I would have known about that, like, long. I wish they, I don't know if they how, how long those have been around. Mm-hmm. But I do know that I would have benefited a lot from that structure. Especially if I if it was voluntar- voluntarily going. Yeah. Like, because, you know, you guys already kind of talked about it. Like, you know who's real. And and there was a point, there was several points along the line where I was like, yeah, this is this ain't working. I got to get out of this. And I think if I had that option or if I knew about that option, mm-hmm. I probably would have said, okay, let me try that. Um, But... Like, I, I didn't know about it until probably around about the same time you guys did, too. Um, But I know people that have had experiences there. And I think you kind of touched on it already is that, like, it is what you make of it. Mm-hmm. Like, just like anything else. Like, you, I, I went to treatment, like, I don't know how many times. And I didn't want it to work. Like, on, on some level, I knew I didn't want it to work. Mm-hmm. Because and so it didn't, right? It's just like anything else. Um, so like their experiences are all over the map on that. But I think it is what you make of it, and I'll just stop there for now because you know my my other thoughts are probably just gonna carry over into the next part of it. But oh, okay, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I just really missed out on that opportunity. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, I <coughs> when I was you know working on the working on the streets with those with the individuals out there on the streets, um, I'd plug them in, um, be able to plug them into sober livings and stuff. And some of them made it, some didn't. You know, like the ones you guys are talking about, the ones that were that were about it. They're still sober today or they might have fallen off but um it was because of that initial just getting plugged in having that structure and walking that walk for 
up to a year, almost close to a year, then they left and then they fell off eventually. But today they're walking a red road. And it was just because of that introduction. They're like, okay, I know what works. I know what I need to do. And so they return and started walking the red road again. Um, <clears throat> so I see that benefit of it. Um, now, with, uh, I guess with some of the places I visited that I didn't really funnel people to or anything like that, there was like less supervision and it was kind of like under like an honesty program. There yeah. wasn't like a house manager or there wasn't people on site to like keep them accountable. And I don't even know if these places are still in operation because when I looked at it, I was just kind of like, whoa, um, that's not going to work, you know, because you have to have that. Um, <clears throat> I know for me, I had to have that somebody to keep me accountable. So I was, I, I would go to them when I was faced with something. I would share my losses and my wins with somebody. And then they would kind of guide me through on how to handle those situations. And <clears throat> with sober living, again, those are just readily available. Um, is there anything like in your guys' mind or in your experience with sober living that is more kind of negative, I guess? Um, just in any kind of aspect of it. <clears throat> I think, so like when we first came out of the pandemic, I think there was like a huge issue um, with sober living. So I, I know, especially with guaranteed finances, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. there was a, there is one in particular that I refused to send any of my clients to. And it was because they would receive the payment and then turn around and kick the people out the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, man, they get the payment for that month, but there's no, you know what I mean? And they would kick people out, and, and I think it was an abuse of, of uh, the program. Um, so I stopped sending my clients there and refused to even work with any of them. But also, um, I think as far as, like, negativity goes, I, I think, like, I think that's where it goes. I, I, I feel like, especially for an addict that, that's utilizing those types of resources, we need someone to be accountable. Mm. We need somebody there to call us on our BS. We need somebody there that's going to, you know, that's going to guide us or else uh, spank us when we take a wrong step. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no homo, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, like, as far as negativity, I don't know. Um, like now further along after a couple of years of working in there, like I just heard of something down in Albuquerque. Yeah. So there's this news release a few months ago where they're taking native Americans. There are over a hundred native Americans that have been missing from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Dang. They have all been taken to places in Phoenix, Arizona. And when they're, they either go missing or they end up dead. Dang. Um, and what these people are doing is they're going and they're getting all these natives in there and they're taking them. They're having them apply for, uh, Arizona benefits they're having them apply for Arizona food stamps um, and then the specific type of Medicaid that they need yeah, in order to get funding. Yeah. Initially, they started out with one white van, but it's grown increasingly. Dang. 
Um, and there are no traces of these people hmm. because I'm also aware of people from our tribe that are utilizing these types of services. Yeah. And they're going by the boatload almost. Dang. And it's like, okay, like, you know, especially with the recent happenings of somebody that's close, um, and raises red flags. Okay. Um, I feel like they need to be held accountable. I feel like we need some type of board. We need some type of governing um, so that we, like I said, here locally, we had people um, participating in these types of programs and that certain sober living would then kick them out the next day. Mm. Super toxic. The person... The two people running that program aren't doing anything self-help-wise. And it's a super negative environment. I've also witnessed them take, yeah, there's a lot of things. I've also witnessed them, you know, using intimidating tactics. Mm. Um, I've also just seen that they weren't very honest people Mm. and taking advantage of people that are in sickness. Yeah. Um. I think those are like the negative aspects. Yeah. I've also heard that there was fentanyl being used in one of them. And a person that was smoking marijuana was kicked out when mm. there was fentanyl use in there. Dang. Crazy. I know. Um, yeah, it's, it's when it's not regulated, it's could be something nasty. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> there's just one individual who's helped plug in straight off the streets. And he started complaining about how he was being managed there. Started complaining about the management. <clears throat> so then I was like, oh, okay, cool. There's like other sober livings. Like, just chill out. I'll help you out. And got him into another one. And like, he went over there. And like, after a couple of days there, he got into this big old argument and fight over some hangers. <laughs> and like, you know, I put my, I put myself on the line to get him from one sober living to another one. And he gets kicked out for fighting over hangers. And I was like, what? Nah, come on, man. What the, you know, what WTF? Yeah. What the French toast? And um, so, like, those kind of people, you know, <clears throat> it took, that was kind of like one of my first clients, I guess, that actually got in. So I was really rooting for them, really trying yeah. to help them out. And I overlooked red flags. Yeah. Overlooked a lot of things. Um, So, yeah, so my eyes are kind of, my ears, everything, all my senses are all keen into, like, how they talk and how they move about, you know, before even, before, or how they operate before even, like, try to vet myself to help them anymore, Um, which is maybe kind of cynical of me. But even, like, recently, I got asked to be a sponsor, and I just said no. Yeah. You know, because it's like, um, it's not there yet, you know, especially because like, um, for me and myself, you know, like in my winter season, according to the medicinal teachings, well, Bridey, so I'm like, I'm not taking on anybody new right now. Um, here's some meetings, here's a list of meetings, go check it out, you might find somebody there, is what I've been doing <clears throat> recently. Uh, and I get mad, you know? Yeah. But like these, some of these guys that are asking me to be, it's like, 
it was the third time they've asked me to be their sponsor, you know, and I'm just like, nah, I'm good, man. Go do it. Yeah. Prove it then. Prove it then. What about you? You do like any kind of negative or just what yeah, you when, see? When I first went in, like I was already when I first went into the sober living, I was already had this negative mindset, right? Mm, yep. And so it was all it was already to begin with, it was already all negative. So when I was in treatment and I did some I did treatment over here with the um, feds for it, it was called uh short term residential treatment. Anyways, mm-hmm. when I was there then I heard about Ignatia House and then I heard about, you know, oh you gotta do seven meetings a week, you gotta do this, you gotta do you know? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just seemed too much. Mm. And I didn't but at the time I didn't know I was going to sober living. So I had gotten out and then I, you know, fell three ways, whatever, and then he said I was gonna put you in sober living and then anyway, so I got there and see all this structure, I was just like, all right, two weeks, you know. But when I got there, a couple of my homeboys were there, you know. Um, a couple of cool guys that I grew up with, yeah. hung out with and stuff, they were there. And I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. Yeah. And, like, the structure alone, you know, you, I had to give, I had to have my phone one one hour a day. Uh, every, anywhere I went, I had to have phase two for two weeks. Mm. things like that i mean which helped me in the long run but they were negative back then you know what i mean yeah. i was just like i was like nah this ain't cool you know this yeah. ain't, you know like and so but it helped it helped a lot because i got out of myself and i you know had to ask for help i had to you know mm. if i wanted to go to the store i had to take you know so and so but after a while it was just you know but i had the advantage of coming in with a job and a car you know what i mean yeah. so it wasn't really that bad, but just like the negative things is like once you once you're there and you're working a solid program, and then someone comes in, mm. and then they have that prison mentality, mm. like they just got out of prison. Some of them are good. A lot of them are good, better yeah. than the ones that come off straight from the streets. Yeah, that, those are the ones. You know what I mean? At first, I was like, these prison guys are kind of you know, but they're the real ones. Yeah, you know? like they've been through some shit you know yeah but these people coming off the streets like they're just like whiny crying you know what i mean mm. like and so when i when i when i was sitting there thinking about it i was like man all these people don't even understand like if you're gonna put yourself out there like for a sober living then you're gonna have to understand the consequences that come or you know the the ins and outs that come with it you know yeah like, yeah, yeah. The, you know, you have to understand that you have to go to seven meetings. What you're signing up for? Yeah, yeah. 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 You have to understand all that. You know what I mean? People just go right in, and you know, like, yeah. I mean, that's how it used to be. So, I, you know, I understand where people are coming from, yeah. but they don't look at the overall. They just want results, right? I mean, as alcoholics and addicts, we want results right now. Yeah, we want what we want, and we want it right now. Yeah. Instant gratification. Yeah, and so those, but the mo- the the. Most negative thing to me was the people that were coming in from the streets and whining and, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like just, I don't know, playing victim of whatever, you know what I mean? And those yeah. are the ones that don't last. Yeah. So you can tell, like you said, you know, like, I don't engage in conversations like trying to help people out or trying, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, 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 like, I've got it down to a T to where I know who's real. Yeah. Whether they're family, friends, people you grew up with, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so I'm not trying to put, put put my neck out there for you 
if you if I see that kind of attitude, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's kind of um I guess it's a positive, but when they were coming in, yeah. It was it was it was like throwing everybody off, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of and I think that's kind of like the p- selfish part of the program that we talk about. Like we got to make sure our recovery is number 1 over everything. Um <clears throat> so yeah, like just like people that are new to recovery and they're talking, I listen to them. See if they're saying the right things, you know. Um, if they're not, then man, I'm just kind of almost like in my head, I just kind of write them off, you know. It's like, God, oh, these guys ain't ready. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It's true. Everything you said is true. <laughs> Bogun, you should write a book, man. I would read it. <laughs> no, but I, I I think it is though. Like when you look at that, it, it, it's kind of like especially when I put myself in that position. If I was in jail and had the opportunity to go to sober living, I would jump at the chance. But then when I get there, I forget about what I prayed for. Mm. Um, and that's kind of like we're in my line of work. Like I have to learn how to gauge that other person right away. Because if I don't, I'm going to find myself doing stuff that I probably shouldn't, you know? Yeah. And it's usually those ones that are wanting you to hold their hand all the way through. Yeah. Um, that aren't very successful in sober living. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it's always been the client that's saying, man, I don't care where I'm at. Like, I don't care what I got to do to find my sobriety. Yeah. If I have to do seven meetings a day, that's what I'm going to do. And this guy's actually been, like, one of my winning stories, right? Like... So, like, when people give me excuses, I always, like, I don't say his name or anything about my man. Like, there's this dude that did yeah. what he did. Yeah. And it, like, eliminates every excuse that this person had. Yep. You know, oh, I feel like I'm in jail. <laughs> I feel like I'm a baby. And it's like, bro, like, it's really, like, we we have to change our perspective when it comes to yeah. recovery. Um. Oh yeah, the, okay, so really one of the first times I really started um kind of looking at sober living is when I heard the term body broker. Mm. And I don't know if this is true for this city or this state. Um I guess you guys probably know more about it than I do, but I do know there was other places when I was reading about is that all they all they're interested in is the money, right? So they just cycle people through and there's even places there where they gave their residents drugs mm, like they yeah. they supplied it and then what they do is like they they come out of jail or you know they're usually uh probation or whatever in the uh criminal justice system and so they already got that hanging over their head yeah. and they use that and they keep them there they get their money and then they allow them to relapse or do whatever and then they cycle them through and then they bring them back mm-hmm and for them, that's why that's that term body broker. So they're they're just dealing in bodies. They're not dealing in lives. Yeah. Right. So and and that to me, and that's a fucked up thing to do because people, addicts are, you know, a really vulnerable population. Yeah. Right. And and, and it's they're just so easy to manipulate that way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's one negative that I heard about, and I I, I assume. Randy, what he was touching on was, you know, has something to do with that too. Because it, for a lot of, there's a lot of bad actors out there mm-hmm. who talk a good game. Yeah. But really, it's about money, 
right? It's not about Ron. You're, you're, you're making it. You're being successful. We want you to get out there and fly with your own wings and, you know, <coughs> be all that you can be. Join the Army. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, but you know what I mean? It's not about, you know, helping out Ron or, or Randy or Josiah. It's about how much money can I get for this guy? Yep. And can I get him back? Mm. Can I cycle him around? How do we do that? No. So that so that to me is just, you know, that's that's horrible. Yeah. Because a lot I mean I I have to assume just because we're addicts and I know the stories, I have to assume that there are people that were cycled through there that didn't make it. Oh yeah. Yep. And people don't care, you know? Yeah, especially people that are operating like that don't care. Yeah, cuz it's money and hey, there's no short supply of addicts. Mm. Right? Like yeah. One dies, another one will come along. We can get money for that guy. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, just to kind of piggyback off what Randy said, there's got to be that oversight. There's got to be those regulations. There's got to be that structure yeah. saying, you know, like uh, like standards, you know, like they got yeah. standards for elementary schools and they got standards for universities and yeah. they got OSHA has standards for your workplace. Yeah. yeah. But when you're, Dealing with actual people's lives, it seems like there's not a lot of that going on. Like I know the state, Montana State has this new. They they were I don't know if it passed or what. If you guys know that or not, like they were to ha- uh, have oversight over. Yeah, I think uh, I saw a little bit of something, but I'm not familiar with the results of it. Yeah, like they're gonna have more oversight over or more regulations, or I can't remember what the, the over sober living. Yeah, yeah, over sober living. Yeah, I think there has to be like you know some kind of board governing board for all. Oh, like, I know. All sober livings need to register with it. Yeah, and, I know what it was. There's a um like a certain certification you have to get. Yeah, and maintain. Yeah. And they're going to require that certification for all the sober livings. Yeah. I think that's what it was. But, again, even too, like, I, I know people that have been through there from here. And um, one particular individual was telling me, I don't know if he said he was in sober living at the time he was, the pandemic hit. Uh, I kind of got the idea that he was. But I knew at the time he was telling me the story he was. Yeah. But, uh you know, the pandemic, you need there. They we couldn't. There was no contact, right? So you had to do your uh, meet or um, uh, not meetings, but self help. Yeah, yeah, well, not self help either. Remember, like you, you're required to go to uh, like I O I O P. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but you had to do it online. Telehealth. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Like that. And then, uh, so he was saying, telling me, he was like, "Oh yeah, I was getting high the whole time." He would be there in the middle of it with his phone right there, watching, you know, with everybody else on there. And then get out of the picture, take a big old hit, and then come back. <laughs> Dang. Right? And so, like, I mean, I, I understand that that was pandemic time and there was a lot of regulations and things yeah. like that. But, like, I mean, we're, as addicts, we're not going to hold ourselves accountable. No. If we can get away with it. Mm-hmm. We're always going to try to find that easier way. We're always going to find that crack. Um. Whether we're serious about it or not, especially at first, mm-hmm. right? Like we might truly, honestly be down to say, "All right, um, I wanna, I wanna make this work." But I do know, like based on my experience, even though I had that mindset, mm-hmm. there was still that other side still in there saying, "Okay, let's find that easy way. Let's find that crack. Let's find that loophole. Let's find a way to get around this." Mm-hmm. Which just kind of basically kept my just kept my addiction going. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's just, you know, how we think and how we, how we handle things. And so, like, to have accountability for that, right? Because at some point, we can't have somebody with us all the time. Like, nobody <coughs> can be with us every second of every day. But, like, I always say, everywhere I go, there I am. So I'm there. So how do I, you know, gain that to where... If I'm faced with the the opportunity to attend a meeting and get high at the same time, like, okay, I'm just going to choose to focus on this meeting rather than, man, I could do both, you know? Because that's just the way we think. Like, and so, I, I mean, just, there's just a lot, like, from what I heard. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have no experience being in a sober living. Um, this is just kind of firsthand knowledge from people that have been in there. Yeah, and I think like when you're talking about the body brokers, like man, that's that's a whole nother level of like evil to me. Yeah, because, exactly. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, rock bottom for every individual is different. I just had this conversation with my older brother yesterday. Um, he was like, was we were talking about some family members that are still drinking and stuff, and how people keep saving them. And it's like, man, they just need to hit rock bottom and like stay there and then deal with it themselves, you know, and so that they can, you know, finally admit they have a problem and then seek help. Because my brother's in recovery too. Um, and then when the conversation went into like, it's, it's scary though, because some of us, our rock bottom is, you know, we succumb to it and we die. Um, that's the scary part. So, like, that body broker thing is, to me, that's, like, a whole nother level of evil just for a buck. Man, that's nuts um, to even deal in that way. Because um, I remember you brought this up in an episode a few, maybe about it last fall or summer. Yeah, it was quite you a while it. ago when I read that article. I think I, I think I even shared it with you guys on over the text. Yeah, and we talked about it a little bit. So that's crazy. Um, one thing that, as you guys were talking about sober living, I was reminded of, I had these two individuals that, um, like, if they didn't go into sober living and straighten out, you know, they were on this path, like, they would go back, you know, either to county or back to prison. And so they were willing to try it. And I put them in there, helped them get there. And then, like, within a couple of days, I seen them back on on the street, and I was like, what are you doing? They're like, Man, it's just like being in jail in there. I said, but if you stay out here, you're going to go back to jail. And like they just brushed me off, like walked away from me. And sure enough, within a week or two, they did something and they went back. And I was kind of like, that's so crazy. Like, man, it's like how delusional we get when we're in that addiction that we can't see past the bottle. We can't see past our next fix. Um, And I try to remind myself of that. You know, but it's hard sometimes when they're like, you show people either through your example or you they seek your advice and you tell them and they don't even do it. And like, why though are you asking me then, you know? <laughs> why are you wasting my why time? Why are we even having this conversation? Yeah. I'm but sure I, you guys run into that, so yeah, let's talk about that. That's that's what I was touching on when I was saying like we have to gauge uh yeah. quickly about where that person is because there's certain things that they say and do that shows us 
if the person is sincere or not. Yeah. Um, that's why, like, you know, I, I really related to you talking about, like, man, I vouch for you. I really put my neck out there. Because that happened to me in getting somebody a job, like, on where I was working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, they went through the training. They freaking, you know, worked, like, a day or two. And then they were like... Ain't it? I'm like, dog. I just vouch for you, like, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and then after that, they never hired another person after that I recommend. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned quickly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've been through that too. So, I'll but it, you. but it's also like, so it's like, man, like, this is what we always say. Our peer support crew is like, is like, never work harder than your client. No, I choose. So it's like when we meet somebody, learning to have them pick up their burden mm. because before i used to want to save the day man i used to think i was a bad friend if i wasn't there to give somebody a ride if i wasn't there to you know to catch somebody if i wasn't there to like grab somebody's hand man i used to like yeah. down talk me so bad yeah eat away at you yeah i'd be like man i suck i remember being in that position i need to do this and i know how they feel but then at the end of the day um, one of my old coworkers, she would say, never rob them of their gift of desperation. Mm, mm, mm. And when you think about that, like when, uh, when, when I was desperate, that was a gift. Like, like you said, like I looked at it as bad, but when, when I went through it, my perspective changed, you know, because you were desperate for your life to change. You didn't know that this would be good for you because at the time it impeded on your lifestyle. Mm. Right? Like it's so inconvenient to have to talk to somebody. It's so inconvenient to have a curfew, but our actions is what put us there. Mm, mm, mm. And we become like your two clients, man, it feels like jail until you're in the real thing. And then you're like, man, I was blessed back then. <laughs> I would give anything to be out of the cell and in that freaking bed that felt like a jail. Mm. Because it wasn't a jail. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think like a lot of it has to do with our, with the way that we view obstacles. Mm. I think that's why I, I love to share with our clients like, hey man, you already do have the heart of a champion. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see it that way, right? Like nothing stopped us in our addiction to weather, circumstances. Baby mamas. Yeah, baby mamas, <laughs> police. Nothing stopped us. To get us our substance. But when we come to sobriety, the first or second obstacle trips us up. Yeah. And then rather than get up and wipe ourselves off, we choose to stay down. Because then when we fall, rather than deal with our problem, we grab the blanket of shame and cover ourselves. Right? I'm too scared to admit it. I'm too scared to do this. Like, I'm... What if I go to jail? Like, I just had a client yesterday. Man, like, I've seen all this stuff, and he was on his way to court. I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, man, I relapsed. I'm like, dog, you better go. Like, I had this conversation with him, and then today I seen him, and he went. Mm. I'm like, man, do we really have to restart here, bro? You know, I had another guy tell me, like, well, what are you going to tell me? What am I going to do different now? I'm like, I ain't going to tell you that. Yeah. All I'm here to tell you is I'm here when you're ready. Yeah. Walked out the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. 
because it's on them to reach out. It's on me to call you. It's on me to arrange a ride. It's on me to step out of my comfort zone. It's on me. Mm-hmm. It's not on you. So when somebody refuses to be accountable and, and do something as simple as fill out an application, I don't have the time for them. Mm-hmm. Because I pride myself on being a doer, not just a hearer. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And if we're going to be conducting ourselves in a relationship, then I need that same thing from you, mm-hmm. your effort. And if you don't do that, it's not on me. I'm okay. Yeah. But if that's what you really want, I'll support you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of that has been learned through trial and error. Mm-hmm. I recently took a step back. And man, it's done so much for my mental health. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I'm taking, I'm finally able to breathe. But I feel like that's what we need to do. We need to be proactive in our recovery. We need to be proactive in what we do so that we can provide the best service for our clients. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about the finances. It's not about any of that. It's the. It, it's about seeing somebody in their lowest form. Mm. And then watching that flower grow. Like right now, all the snow's melted. Mm-hmm. And now we have the ability to see everything that was sown last season mm-hmm. bloom in this season. Um, and I think we can apply that to our recoveries. I think we can apply that to how we view sober living. I think we can apply that to how we view what we're going through. Some things are hard, some things are cold, but at the end of the day, that's what caused me to grow. Yeah. That's how I became a beautiful flower. <laughs> I know what you said. Uh, all the snows now just kidding. made me think of my yard. There's probably all this dog shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's good fertilizer. Oh, uh, yeah. Just leave it for a couple of weeks. Can you hit that? That one was for free. That was on for the group. And he ain't even trying to preach. And I wasn't even trying to preach. Trying to preach. <laughs> yeah, man, I think now looking back on it, even like, uh, so yeah, sober living, even if I, you know, had to stay there and like be away from my kids and all that wife, I think, I mean, I think it would have been worth it because I would have come out of there like different being able to deal and feel. Um, be used used to that accountability, be used to that transparency, um, and I'd have that community to lean on. Um, <clears throat> but then again, you know, um, I don't know. Things worked out the way they did, and it wasn't on my radar at the time. So yes, I'm like, okay, but maybe it wasn't <laughs> for me. I just like to think about it might have been. Because, I, I mean, I think just with my interactions with sober living and then um, – your guys' interactions with sober living, it's like almost like a certain type of person will make it through. Yes. Like there will be, you know, have that longevity there. Um, and I find that people that <clears throat> grew up with structure, that had some some kind of structure, once they get to recovery, man, they take it and they run because they're used to having that structure as opposed to, Someone that came from like a lot of brokenness, never had any structure. When they're introduced to that, they struggle. They'll go back out and then they'll come back. 
and try it again and then I'll go back out. But it's that structure so different, so new to them that they struggle with it. You know what I just had? I just had this thought. I wonder how many of those guys that are successful in recovery had a father. Mm. Mm. Right? Because that's usually the one that keeps us accountable. True. Is having a dad in our lives. Yeah. It's the one like that empowered us, like showed us things that he knew, Mm -hmm. but he also warned us about missteps. Mm. And if we stepped out of line, we were corrected. Yeah. Which showed us to uh, to come back, yep. right onto that path that they showed us. Mm. That's why it's hard for people who don't have it, who never had a dad in their life, to submit, because we see a lot of that in ministry too. It's usually the ones that don't have a father that bounce from place to place to place to place to place, mm. because if you keep changing churches, you never allow yourself to grow. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. And that's kind of like the same thing as like. What I'm hearing is like, man, when it comes to recovery, faith, whatever, we must be planted in the house. Mm. Because when we're planted and we don't move, we go through all that tough stuff. Yeah. That's when we grow, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I can look at Ron and, and man, you're a completely different man than you were two years ago. You know what I mean? There was just, there's something about you that's different. That's why I have hope in, in, in what we're doing, you know, yeah. and it, you didn't even have to say anything. Yeah, when you guys talk about your guys' clients and stuff and people on the streets and whatever, like it reminds me of me, you know what I mean? Like mm. the person I was two years ago and to be able to withstand all that structure and all this, this negativity because you, you have to understand there's like 15, 16 other dudes in the sober living. Personalities. There's Some of them got like three or four, dude. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean? I'm myself. I got like three. Hey! <laughs> 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 but, uh, but see, I see myself in that, you know, because yeah. I had to be uncomfortable. I had to, mm. you know, I had to do all these different things in order to grow. So I had to, you know, like, man, I went to church Wednesday night, Sunday, did Bible study. You know what I mean? All these different things that I never really did, um, you know, just kind of like bounce me when, you know, there's, there's these certain levels. Yep. And <clears throat> like sober living ain't all that bad. I mean, you know, like I'm not trying to like stick up for, but the experience I've had. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? Like, the, the fellowship that I have, like, the friends I can count on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, from that program, and then there's alumni who, look, like, look after you, mm-hmm. and I got my sponsor, and then I, you know, I got out this whole community that's backing me up, right? Come on. Yep. And I got I got my mom, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and then I got Randy, you know, like, I got all these different people that I look up to in, 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 su- in such a way that, you know, I have respect for them, I approach them in... You know what I mean? Yep. So it's it's uh it's 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 taught me how to um be more respectful, you know, humility. Come on. Like, I went yep. through a lot of humility, bro. <laughs> like I just sat there and I listened and I heard my story through different people, you know what I mean? Like in as far as the ego, so that like it, it it motivated me and and you know, it gave me the desire to stay focused in sobriety. Like Randy said, like yeah. are you willing to go, you know, we I went you know, after my drugs or my bottle in, you know, 20, 
20 below weather. Yep. I walked. Yeah. In Lodge Grass, I walked. I didn't have gas. My happy little asshole. I didn't have a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, and so now they asked me, I said, they said, are you willing to walk to a meeting at 20, 20 below? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And they asked me why. And I said, because I'm not numb. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, and then like, you have to relive all these, like, you, you have to relearn how to deal with all these different emotions. Yep. So I, I was already out of my comfort zone because I'm an emotional guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. And so it was, but now today, like I get to pass on and carry the message that was given to me so freely, mm. you know, and like just being on a podcast and like, you know, all these different things that people ask and I'm just like, Oh me, you know, like, like yeah, yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm not worthy, mm. but that's how I look at myself. Like as an addict, you know what I mean? Like or yeah. an alcoholic, like I'm not, I was never worthy, but today I get to embrace all that. I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, like yeah. if somebody asked me yeah. to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah, you know, so that's that. And once one someone said it stood for attitude adjustment, mm. bro, that was for me. Yep, that was my spiritual experience. Come on. Mm. Mm. And so once I heard that, then I turned everything around and changed my whole attitude. Yeah, and it was it worked out. You know, and now I hear I'm here today. You know, yep. so come on, uh-huh. hey. Oh. But you know, like I was thinking about this earlier, and man, it goes right in line with Ron. What Ron was just talking about is like how much of that dissonance at the beginning is caused by pride, oh, or false pride. Yeah, false pride is what it is. It's false pride, and like, okay, I'm not gonna let nobody tell me what to do, or these guys are just trying to do that, or you know, I can make it on my own, or you know that 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 pushback that we give because of, you know, just being prideful yep. and, and thinking, you know, um, this isn't for me. I can do it on my own. Yeah. Like all of that, because I know, and, and the, the opposite of that, right. is humility. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I myself had had, had to humble myself several times, a lot of times. Now that I think about it, if I start counting it up is a lot. Yeah. And like, okay, well, you got to do this. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to do that. But all right, okay, this is what it takes. It sucks. I'm not going to say a lot of things were fun, mm-hmm. but it's just part of it. Like, okay, that, and then to have that mindset, to change your mindset and say, okay, if this is what I have to do right now, then I'll do it. Because later on, it won't be like this. Mm. But if I'm honest about you know not trying to go back to my old ways then this is good for me this is this is what i need whether i like it or not this is what i need and you know to have that mindset that that um successful mindset especially when man because it's hard to swallow your pride like that it's hard to humble yourself it's hard to say you know what I will respond rather than react. Ooh. And 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 I I like I was just telling this guy a story about the other day about an incident where I just had to humble myself and I like it just goes against everything that we quote unquote learned growing up. Mm. Yep. Right? Like we we all grew up in the same basic, you know, LG ain't no different from prior, right? Yeah. yeah. So we we know what yeah. we know how that is. Yeah. 
and everything we learned out there on the, on the res, and then it just everything, all those old instincts kicked in, and I just had to swallow my pride. I had to Ooh. be humble, Man. and I was like, okay, there's got to be a better way, and I found it, and it worked out. Yeah. It was it was cool, but man, like, and and this wasn't the first time, but man, that that initial feeling was like, oh man, and but yeah, the opposite of that, it's easy to go out there and, and, and be confrontational and yeah. to escalate things and to say, oh well, I ain't gonna back down, blah 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 blah. Yeah, but then where would I be today? Yeah, if I had done that back then, you know, this past time or any other time before that. If I would have said no, nah, and then my pride kicked in, and all of a sudden, you know, like all right, well, there's one other, one alternative, and you know, kind of <laughs> touching on what Randy talked about earlier was, or no, it was you, like or one of you guys said, you know, oh, it feels like jail. This feels like jail. bullshit. Jail feels like jail, mm. especially mm-hmm. county jail. County jail is worse, the worst place. Mm. Like nothing but jail will feel like jail. If you go out to another place and like sober living in this instance and you say, oh, this feels like jail, that's your mindset. That's yeah. your perspective. What are you focused on? Yeah. And and see, and, and that's that's another thing that I learned. Uh, what am I focused on? Am I focused on the fact that I have to do these things that are required of me? Or am I focused on the end game? What am I going to get after I complete these these tasks, right? Yeah, yeah. These requirements. And so today I got to do certain things. Not a big fan of, mm-hmm. but tomorrow I'm gonna be able to do a lot more. Yeah, and the the end game will be that I will have the tools and and everything that I need built into me mm. to succeed on my own. Yeah, because like I said. As, as much as support as we have for each other, we all can't be there, like, right there every second of every day. Yep. And so I think that's, it's tough to go through some, <laughs> it's tough to go through some shit, but it's necessary in order for us to gain that strength. I always go back to, you know, like, working out or weightlifting, you know. You can't, you can't build muscle unless you work. And it makes you tired and it makes you sore. Mm-hmm. And then you go back and you think, oh, man, I got cramps. Actually, I do got a cramp on my back. But anyway. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you got to go through that initial uncomfortable phase of it in order to get the rewards. And that's with anything. Yeah. If something comes too easy, it's probably not good. And if it's, you know, if it's hard, it's probably good for you. Right, like, <laughs> yeah, like, these guys. Man, holy <laughs> shit. No, I agree with you. No, I agree with you, and I think I really like the quote. <laughs> I really like. Don't the, be weird. <laughs> I really like the quote that says, um, "You know, <clears throat> if you're serious about it, if you're serious about your recovery, you're gonna find a way. If you're not, you're gonna find excuses. You're gonna make excuses." And I think that's what it really boils down to. Because um, <clears throat> I mean, that's what it was for me. You know, I was serious about recovery, so I was willing to do anything and everything to get it and to keep it. And, you know, today, um, you know, still have that. You know, it's like kind of mind boggling to me, like, you know, going to a restaurant and, you know, there might be a bar there to the restaurant we're going to go eat at. 
and like like here in this community and like I used to drink at these places, you know, I got to have beer with my meal and stuff. But now when I go in there, eat with the family or eat with a friend or whatever, like that's not even on my mind, even though it's just like feet away from me. And I bring that up because like I remember I prayed so hard in the beginning that that desire would be taken away from me. And I just like realization. I was like, man, I'm living out that prayer right now. Come on. Because it's feet away from me. I could get up from this table, walk over to that bar and order a drink and start, get the party started. But that desire isn't even there anymore. Come on. You know, I left that way back in 2015. And I was just like, wow. To me, you know, that was like, not, not like I'm going into these places testing my recovery. But it's just like that realization that, you know, this answered prayer. You know, I'm living out that answered prayer. And I'm just like completely grateful for that humbled as um jc said and that responding piece oh man yeah that's huge so i went through i went through some things with my kids and bullies and stuff um and it was uh it was hard man i wanted to kill <laughs> i wanted to chop heads off I wanted to make them disappear. I was like, man, my res don't solve no murders. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, that's where my mind went right away. First thing, you know, that dad rage, man, was just boiling inside of me. But um, I had to respond, man. I had to reach out. I had to pray. I had to use my tools in order to deal and feel in a good way, journal about it, uh, talk to my accountability people about it. And ultimately, I knew I wasn't going to do anything, but it was just there that, uh, you know, I had to release that somehow, some shape or form. But, um, yeah, that responding piece is so huge. Um, yeah, let's go around the horn. Closing thoughts, sober living, or anything else we talked about? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think, like, if you have the opportunity to go to sober living, uh, definitely consider it. Uh, keep an open mind. Um, going there with the attitude of, you know, I, I want to, I'm going to do whatever it takes to succeed, um, in recovery. Um, if you're anything like me, it's like, you want things to conform to how you do things and that's not always the way, you know? So it's a good resource available, man. If you need it. I'm just going to put this out there real quick. Uh, when I first started off, uh, in addiction, like, I would go to jail for 14 days and I'd yeah. pray, you know, yeah, God, yeah. get me out. I'll never do this again. <laughs> yeah. Get out. I'd do it again. Yep. Uh, you know, 33 days, 44 days. You know what I mean? In yeah. tribal jail. Yeah. And then I went, ended up in federal prison and same thing. I prayed, God, please get me out. I'll never do this again. Yeah. Got out. Lasted about a year. And that's when COVID hit and there was no POs. There was, we were lawless. <laughs> yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, I can get away with this. You know, yeah, cracking the bottle. Yeah, cracking the bottle, you know, smoking the pipe, whatever. So, anyway, do all that. And then I go, I end up back in um, Yellowstone County on a violation. And then I get out <clears throat> and they put me in a treatment, do treatment for like 65 days. And I'm, you know, I'm doing like I'm giving it my all. I'm giving treatment my all. I'm, I'm like, you know, I want this to work. I'm tired of this. But four days later, I get out of treatment on April 5th, 2021. By the 9th, I'm drinking and using. Mm. 
So, you know what I mean? Yeah. But when I came into sober living and I started working a 12-step program, AA, I got a sponsor. I was doing all these different things. Yeah. And then things started to change. And people always say, you know, and it sounds cliche, you know, it only gets better. It mm. only gets better. Yeah. Like when when is my when is better we're gonna come you know what I mean yeah yeah for but I just I, I kept staying consistent and I was determined yeah yeah but all these different things and like hey, hey you know and these the sponsors and the the fellowship in these rooms you know that's what drove me and helped me stay motivated and focused on my recovery so much that I Ooh. forgot about everything else I forgot yeah. about and then it, like all the good started weighing out outweighing all the bad yeah. And so if you have the opportunity, I mean, whichever sober living it may be, I, they kind of battle it out out here, you know, <laughs> yeah. from my experience. But yeah. I don't really have anything against any other sober livings. Yeah. But I really encourage it. And I, you know, um, I mean, working the 12-step program really works, you know, mm. like it's, 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 uh, and I, and I sponsored today mm. and I really, this kid came and, Asked me to be a sponsor, and I really looked at him, you know what I mean? And right now I'm giving him, like, three weeks, you know, to yeah. see if he's, you know what I mean? If he's about it, about yeah, it. Yeah, if he's about it, if, if he's still here in three weeks, then cool, we're going to go. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's just all these different things, like leadership roles that I have to take that I never really yeah. was offered to or never really took advantage of, you know what I mean? So yeah. all these leadership roles is like, man, it's amazing, dude. Like yep. I got to go, you know, and they say it only gets better. It does. Cause man, my kids are in my life. You know, I got to take them to Denver. We went to a ball game, you know, all these different things. And I'm just trying to like show people that, you know, if you do recovery, if you're really serious about it, and if you want to get out, you know, better life, yeah. then you have to take the steps necessary. But, it, you know, it it doesn't take uh it takes longevity. It doesn't. Yep. It, it doesn't happen overnight. That determination. Yeah. So I'm just. I mean, I'm I'm really grateful for sober living. Like God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Mm. That saying is really true. And I stum pretty much stumbled across uh, sober living. Yeah. But you know, twenty months. You know, I'm in two, in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna get my two years. Right woo woo. But uh, yay yay. But uh, you know, it's just it's. It's amazing, you know, life gets better, leadership, you know, my kids are coming to me and asking me, you know, personal questions that I didn't think they would ask, but you know what I mean? Like, it's there, and I'm I'm, I'm able to answer their questions. Yep. And it's awesome, dude. Random, random. So, yeah, and after hearing that, you know, I would have to say, if you have the opportunity to go to a sober living, do it, but also with the caveat that I think you should vet the places that you're considering going into because as we heard, there's a lot of bad actors out there yeah. and we're only as good as the people that are providing the service. Right. True. Like, uh, I mean, I know, I know as you, you guys as, um, being professionals in that field that you, you, you kind of, and you said it too, that you wait for that person to show you what's up. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, you know, like if you're serious about it, then you will do your homework. You will say, okay, I can go to, you know, Randy because he knows what he's talking about and he's, you know, he's willing to do whatever it takes as long as I'm willing to do whatever it takes, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't want to go to this so-and-so Joe Schmo 
<laughs> who just wants your money and is just going to jerk you around and not really do anything. Yep. Because then you're just, not only are you right back from where you started, you might end up worse. True. So my only thing, and this is just coming from an outside perspective. Mm. So let's get that thing clear right now. But my only thing would be is to, you know, vet these places mm-hmm. ahead of time before you commit to them. Because then once you're in there and then all your, you know, your worst nightmares are coming true. It's like almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Like, oh, man, I, they told me it was going to be like this. And, and it is. But you get yourself into a good program. You get yourself um, under some good people. And, and then it's on you to succeed. Mm-hmm. Behave! I saw I, that look. What? I, I, that. I am behaving. <laughs> I keep dropping these lines. Um, no, I mean I, I totally agree with you. Knock them out the park. Buddy. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, my mind's in the gutter tonight, I ladies can see and gentlemen. That. But um, <laughs> no, I, I really agree with that. Like, if you're, you know, you're thinking about sober living, uh, want to try it out? Yeah, really vet them. Look at. What are the requirements to be there and educate yourself on the different sober livings and what it takes to be there because you don't want to be blindsided or um, hit with all these rules and regulations and they expect you to understand that when you get there. But if you don't look into it yourself, you're going to be blindsided and you're, then that's when all those thoughts start coming in, start creeping in. It's like, oh, I can do this on my own. I don't need this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and also, uh, don't think sober living is going to be free. Oh, no, 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 no. You know? I think like a lot of our clients, well, people that I do run into yeah, think yeah. that it's a free service, and it's not. No. You know, like you have to, not only do you have to work your program, you also have to work a job. Yep. Or have some type of income coming in. And do chores. Yes. Chores. So it's basic, yeah, you're basically paying for a place to rest your head while you're chasing your recovery. Yep. You know? Um, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. I, I wish that we had them when I, they probably did. I just wasn't. Yeah. I just aware. weren't aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go into sober living thinking that you're just going to chill out there all day. That's yeah. not, you can't do that. <laughs> nope. Gotta go work. Yeah. When I was, uh, I did manager for, I managed the Monarch house for like nine months. Yeah. And I never really came across a lot of like, you know, people thought it was free and stuff, but I mean, we did come across some, but yeah. And then there's some, they're just like there and they're just like want to watch TV and never, you know. Yeah. They, they don't want to work. They don't want to put in work. And I'm just like, I'll say something, you know what I mean? I'm the type that'll say something, you yeah. know, no matter what. But, and especially when I was a manager. Yeah. I, but today, like, I don't have to be that negative. I'm just going to be like, what responsibilities are going to take for your sobriety, for your recovery? That's all I say. Yeah. And it's like, because that's, you know. Yep. There was a topic at a, at an AA meeting one day, and he said that. And I was just like, "What?" You know, like yeah. I wasn't really. I mean, I was sober, but I wasn't working. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. and then this was like a month ago, and I was kind of like in a depression mode where, like, I just got out of sober living, and all these people that depended on me for like advice and like rides and blah blah blah. You know, it was it was gone, mm. and, I, and I just kind of went into this isolation. And then I reached out to Randy, and then he came, and he was like, you need to decompress. Yeah, so yeah. that's what that – and it, it made a lot of sense, you know what I mean? So yeah. now I, I try to, like, be more positive. You know, what are you willing – you know, what responsibilities are you willing to take for your sobriety, for your recovery? Mm. 
and so you know I'm more gentle. I'm more yeah. not rough, so rough around the edges, and it's 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 done wonders for me. You know, for so. sure, for sure, for sure. And I think it really comes down to like speaking kindly of yourself to yourself, like those kind of things. Yeah, Yo, positive self talk. Boo, you're real nice, Randy. <laughs> you have a lot of good people under you, as JC says. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they just couldn't let it go. Yeah. They couldn't let it go. That's the one. That's, That's the, the one. one. That's the one that made me smile. <laughs> you just said it with so much confidence. But yeah, man. Like so, this these type of things. Yeah, you know, like this is like when I looked around. You know what I mean? Like the the because I'm and I'm always like putting you guys out there. I'm like. You, know, you guys, they're Podbean and Spotify, you know, I'm like, listen to them. Yeah. Just listen to them, you know, and, and I'm like, it's, it's cool, you know. It, it, it's got, there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of humor. There's, you know, they're all in recovery, and they all have stories, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they all can share yeah. and to, to something where we could understand. And then to be able to be on the podcast is just like a whole nother feeling, a whole nother level of, you know what I mean? Confidence yeah. and you know what I mean? So I really appreciate what you guys do. I do listen. Yeah. And I do, you know what I mean? And I, 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 I try to apply some of your guys' theories on different, you know, whatever recovery. Like I try to apply it to myself yeah. on the next day uh-huh. or the days coming. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah. So like I really appreciate what you guys, you know, put into this. Mm. And then, you know, like you guys are basically like, I don't know. I'm not trying to talk you guys up, but. <laughs> No, but you guys <laughs> help me stay focused, and yeah. and, and uh, you know what I mean. And yeah. so I get to reach out to Randy, and I get to reach out to Josiah, and you know I want to talk with JC too. You know what I mean? Like get different, but like um, having me, having other people. I mean, it's 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 a movement. You know what I mean? Come on, yeah, for it's, sure. It's, it's a movement, and I really appreciate you guys, man. From the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, man? We appreciate uh, you too, uh, man. And I know sir. we've been, we kind of caught up to you about a year after you're getting on your walk on the Red Road. And we've been checking in with you periodically. And, um, you're an inspiration to me, definitely. You know, from hearing your story, where you came from, and where you're going with it, man, I, I'm rooting for you. Oh, oh. 100%. Definitely, because, you know, we can't do these kind of things without you. Yeah, yeah. No, we need you in the front lines too, yep. and and like he said, like just listening to where you came from, just and it wasn't even that long ago, right? I mean, you have just in the last two years, just imagine. I think of all the things that you had to go through. I always say that nobody knows what we've been through to get to this point, mm. right? And, yeah. But you know, yeah. you know what it took, and now that you you understand all that, and you're throwing out your experience, strength, and hope. Like, man, that's going to build up the next guy and then the next guy. And like you said, that movement. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you coming in and like, hey, you want to come in and, you know, co-host it. Hell yeah, he's right here, you know, on yeah, time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it's it's great because we need, we need you. Yeah. Oh, oh. For sure. And like, man, I want to say a ho, many a hoes to you, blessings, because called you or hit you up in the clutch day of, because <laughs> right. we had a cancellation today, and I was just like, hey, man, I need you to come in. Let's talk about sober living. And you're like, hell yeah, let's do this. Uh, uh, you know? It wasn't even like, oh, let me check my schedule. Blah, blah, blah. It was like, boom, let's go. And I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And that's that open-minded as Randy was talking about. You know, you yeah. need to keep a little, you know, and that's what I like to do. I don't like to, 
especially on Thursdays because you know, like, yeah. like I want to carry the message. I want to share. Yeah, you know what I mean. I want to. That's kind of I don't know. I guess that's a full time job. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, for sure. But seeing you guys, you know, everybody, and and, and today, like a lot of people are coming to sobriety. Yep. And it's a trend, and it's 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 cool, you know. It's whatever, cool, yeah, yeah. it's the cool thing to do. Yeah. And man, I I, I respect that a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because where I came from, like you know, we did I did the IOP and I did the outpatient or you know the or yeah the outpatient and then you know all these different things. Yeah. And I was working four or five hours a day, you know, from when it started. Yeah. For six weeks, and I. Wasn't even paying rent. I was, you know, I was way behind, but I caught up. Mm. And then, you know, and then, so I was on the verge of getting kicked out, like, first three months in, you know, because my yeah. bill was so high. Yeah. But, you know, I slowly knocked it out slowly. And so, like, all these inspirations is what made me pay those bills instead yeah. of just racking my bill and leaving. Because that's what a lot of people do, too. Mm. They rack up their bills, 15, 2800 whatever, and then dip out oh man a lot, a lot of people do that oh yeah, yeah. i believe it yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's that you know the you know taking money and that kind of stuff but then some some people are like some, take advantage of the, yeah, sober, yeah, of the, the, the opposite of that yeah. too right yeah. yeah yeah and that's I, evil too i think know? we don't ever touch on that topic much no 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 you know we don't we don't look at the the aspect of the client abusing the service Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, we always talk about the program that's abusing the service. We rarely touch on the problem. Yeah. And I think that that has we have to shed light on that too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, especially like if they're, you know, in their addiction, they're coming right into sober living without any treatment or whatever. They're act, they're operating in that manipulation, that delusion that they're not hurting anybody. They're doing this to themselves, and they'll walk all over people yeah they yeah and then you know like like you said coming in and and just causing that chaos throwing everybody off Mm -hmm. um i don't think you know if the people around you are grounded you you have that ability or that um potential to uproot them because you know their roots not might be that deep yet either and i know like like he said like abusing the program like i've I've done that in the past Mm -hmm. i went to treatment to get get out of jail Mm-hmm. And then you know, did fine while I was there, and then as soon as I got out, a couple of days later, already right back at it. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I I got to say I was guilty of that in the past too. So it is a thing, it's definitely a thing. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think it's important to kind of bring that up too. Yep, it's definitely um something that happens. So yeah, it's good that you guys brought that up. Right on. So I think we talked that one to death. <laughs> hey, Karen. There's my beautiful horse. Hey, Karen. <laughs> it's my horse, Karen. This guy's uh-huh. This guy's uh-huh. Girl, Karen. Yeah, she's beautiful. A beautiful mane. But yeah, one more thing. Uh, when nope. I first got it, when I first got there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boss was like, uh, you know, people come in, people come in, and they start focusing on the things they don't have. You know, like. And then there's people that been there six months already, and they got nice shoes, and they got nice clothes, and yeah. they got a car, and they got a girlfriend, and they got you know what I mean. They always have new ports. And yeah, <laughs> and when they, when a new guy comes in, yeah, they start to focus on what mm. someone so and so has. Yeah, 
or you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then that's when they boom. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want you to do that. Yeah. And this was like within the first day, three days, and I'm like, you know, like what the what the hell is this guy talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but yeah. then now when I think about it, it's so true. Yep. And the whole time, twenty. I mean, the whole time, like I was focused on my recovery. No girlfriends. I dated a few times. No girlfriends. No, you know what I mean. Nothing. Just yeah. straight. And I think, I mean, like like I said, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. You know, yeah. at and, the time. And and I think like for me, the message that I get from your story is that you can do it, but you have to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, you got to put in work. You got to get that determination that nothing's gonna stop you. Um, cause there's going to be obstacles. I think we all touched on that too tonight. Um, things pop up, but it's how you respond to that situation. It's not what happens to you. It's how you respond, not react. Right on. No, I think this was good, man. It was a good, it's a good thing. A good episode, good topic, good conversation. And you know, Mr. Falls down here, a whole many hoes were coming in on the last minute clutch. Coming out the bullpen, close out the game. <laughs> but that's good. And um, so, yeah, that's episode 129 is in the books now. The and, leadership episode. Uh-hoo. And with that, you know, we just, we just love and appreciate all our listeners, all our sponsors, all our supporters out there. And to our unspoken words disciples, keep spreading unspoken words gospel Billy Graham style. Uh-hoo. Have any sober living stories? Yeah, email us at unspoken dot dubs dot at gmail dot dubs dot at dot gmail at dot who com at arrowcreek.com arrowcreek.com slash OC Nation <laughs> slash L Jesus forward slash goo well, with that, we're out. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week on one thirty. We'll be bigger and stronger than ever. Now sit back, relax, and listen to some real talk. Now sit back, relax, and listen.